0: Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Ridgeline Church in Salt Lake
1: City, Utah. My name is Tyler Dravitz. I'm the executive pastor at Ridgeline and I also lead a company called MyXP where we provide remote executive pastor support to churches around the country. Learn more at MyXP.Church. And Uh-oh. I just realized, yeah. given what we're talking about today, that's the last time we're from Ridgeline Church.
0: I know. but well, we're not quitting well, we'll just go ahead and you're going to have that. to keep
1: listening that's to, find, <laughs> to out. find out the answer.
0: Now, we have a lot a lot going on in our ministry world right now. We are in the process of replanting Ridge Line with a new identity as Formation Church, and so that's what we're going to spend our time talking about today. Mm-hmm. But on this topic, before we jump into that, since we're talking about replanting, let's mm-hmm. talk about reboots. Okay. What's your general feeling to start mm-hmm. about because Re- a lot of people complain, like no one's making anything new. They just reboot everything. Are you mm-hmm. are you pro or against?
1: I reboots. Yeah, that's a good question. I think so. First of all, it depends on your definition of a reboot. Okay. Um, I feel like if if what qualifies as a reboot, and I like reboot. I got to think about it even what that word means. If a reboot is you're taking a show that was once awesome mm-hmm. and filling it with like a awful people cast. and yeah. like a weird storyline and a couple changes. Uh, so for example, even right now on HBO Max as mm-hmm. a new Father of the Bride. Mm-hmm. And it's got uh the Picture looks terrible. Yeah, the picture looks terrible and I like I like pressed play and watched it for 3 minutes and <laughs> there's no way it's going to be as good as the original. Yeah. The original was like so good. Yeah. That see that um, to
0: me that is the purest
1: definition of a, of a reboot. reboot. Yeah. But
0: the industry one is a yes. show that or movie that has ceased yep. and and even comes back.
1: Yeah. if if there are haters out there for bringing back spectacular television, yeah. I can't handle those people and I love it. I yeah. love when shows that like I've gone through the like sadness in the morning of like somehow I mean I've got like a whole list of shows that I just like regularly. Mhm. Regularly, we'll Google just to see, like, what's the rumor for the reboot? Yeah. And, uh, you know, like things like The Office, Steve Carell has said, absolutely not. It's not going to happen. So move on. Uh, But there's just, there's always hope for something, you know, like The Friends reboot, like, Mm -hmm. is floated. And I think it's just, it is
0: problematic with these shows that have huge ensemble casts. Yeah. Yeah. To get all, especially when so many of them do go on to have huge careers after, it's hard to get them all. Back in the same place.
1: But even on some of those shows, another phrase, spinoff. I could have taken like a Jim and Pam spinoff or Mm -hmm. a Dwight and Angela spinoff or something like that. Mm -hmm. But at any rate, so my... All right, so using using the broadest definition
0: of mm-hmm. any of
1: that. Yep. What,
0: what would you say is maybe your top one or two reboots?
1: I think it's just cause I like loved this show when I was younger and it was like a little gray as to whether or not it was allowed to be watched in our house. Uh-huh. So that was probably part of it. Yep. But um, I was so excited when they did the reboot of Roseanne. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I just, that show is just more real to me than most television at its time. Yeah. Um, and more like what I feel like I, I experienced than things like full house or, you mm-hmm. know, Mm-hmm. Just like leave it to Beaver or something like that. Yeah, um, and then even also I guess are, it's, are you
0: are you like ninety years old? Yeah. That you well, grew I watch watching? At night a
1: lot. Yeah, so. <laughs> Whatever, um, but then I got really nervous. And mm-hmm. in all fairness, that one, based on this definition, has been rebooted thrice because, or twice because it it was Roseanne. <laughs> yep, and then it was Roseanne again. That's true. And then, then, the then Connors. It,
0: oof, then Roseanne. She really <laughs> little anti-Semitic. I don't know what happened.
1: It, it was uh, it was racial actually, okay. and I mean it was. Not good. Not good. And yeah. so she got canceled all the way to her giant compound in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So everyone's feeling bad for Ozan. Yeah. And But then the Connors, and I really was like. Is it still on? Oh, yeah. Oh, well. It- I'm pretty sh- yes. I do know it got renewed because I watched it. Those mm-hmm. shows that are like right on the bubble, you're not quite sure. But I've really enjoyed it. Like mm-hmm. I really thought it could not survive without her. And it took. It's a different show now, mm-hmm. but it's still got the same people and some of the same like issues. And so I like mm-hmm. it. It just yeah. it makes it. It's like more of a real picture. I feel like. Yeah, it yeah. is definitely. So anyway, how about you?
0: I'm gonna go with with a pure definition of reboot. So like a retelling of a. Like story, and I—I mm, I, sure. I guess I have two that come to mind. Okay, one you're for sure not going to agree with, and that's the new The Batman.
1: Boo! Yeah, I know you hated it. I—I I thought it was awesome,
0: and—and and everything you hated about it is why I loved it.
1: Yeah, starring Edward from Twilight.
0: Yeah, Robert Pattinson.
1: No. Yeah, uh, they starred Edward <laughs> from Twilight. I was waiting for him to grow fangs and like turn into crystals and bite somebody turned so. Into
0: crystals. Isn't that what <laughs> oh, happens? I yeah, haven't seen that. Yeah, he's a shiny in the sun. It's oh, a whole okay. thing. Um, my second one, now I'm not even sure I can rem- <laughs> remember based off of that. Uh, genuinely, it has now slipped my mind completely. (laughs) All I can see is Robert Pattinson shining in the sun. So I'm just going to stick with the Batman. That was my pick. I liked it. You hated it. Oh, I know what it was. Yeah. The, the newest rebooting of the Star Trek franchise, the movies with Chris. Oh yeah. Those are great. Our pine. I love those. My kids refer to him as Chris tree because his name is pine. Oh yeah. Real, real solid humor Uh. coming out of there. But, uh, I thought those are great. JJ Abrams did them. I agree, him.
1: and I didn't love the first one, so I feel like if I loved the first one, I'm probably not going to like the reboot. If I didn't love the first one, I might. Yeah, Get the new Jurassic world.
0: Parks. That's kind of a combo. Like that started as a reboot,
1: and mm-hmm.
0: then it really has become like a continuation. What do you think of the new one we just saw together? I liked it. Dominion.
1: Yeah, it was good. I liked. It, it was not. There like, was a
0: lot of criticism around it lot. that uh, that I just thought was dumb. Listen,
1: not everything. First of all. If you refer to movies as films, we can't be friends. So right away, if you talk about how it's not a good film, I'm gonna just walk away from Mm -hmm. you mid-conversation. Number two, not everything is like you know going to win awards and and needs to be presented at Sundance. It was like a born movie. It It was like
0: a Born Identity movie with dinosaurs.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was as ridiculous as all the other ones that say there's dinosaurs. I mean, I, I feel like I feel like both the first one and then the fourth one. There was some plausibility, mm-hmm. and then number two and three and five and six just it, it went totally out of control, especially yeah. this last one that, like... You know, there was, like, a kid, like, playing with a dinosaur at the, like, duck pond. You were like, nah. Mm -mm. Come on. Next. All right. Anyway.
0: Moving on to next. (laughs) So a few weeks ago, we announced to our church, Ridgeline, that we essentially are going to replant our church over the course of this summer. Mm -hmm. And so today, we're going to talk about, because I I definitely, I, I know of... A number of churches that are going through some sort of renaming, reconstituting of their identity, all of that stuff right now.
1: And even if they haven't pulled the trigger, I know lots of pastors that are stumped on what do we do? What do we do? Yeah.
0: And so today we thought we would just go ahead and talk about two things, why we're doing this and then how we're planning to move forward together. So to start, let's just, let's talk about kind of what prompted this, because the truth is... You know, this is a decision that we made just within the last two months, but but these issues are things that we've been talking about for the last two years. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, it's like it was a decision that was a long time coming, but it like also got made quickly, I guess, sort yeah. of in that sense. Yeah. Um, and so I think for me, I'll just speak for me. One thing that I kept thinking about is I, I found myself in conversations with people in our church as I was, you know, people are always asking like, how do you think things are going like post COVID and all that kind of stuff. And I just kept finding myself explaining to people like, man, I really wish that you didn't have to name your church for a few years mm-hmm. so that you had the opportunity to just see like the church that it becomes, sure. and then to choose a name that really fits the actual culture and identity of that church. Because sure. how many churches have a name that really in no way captures the essence of who they are, what they're for, what they're about? Totally. It's just a name. Yeah. And I really like all things language to have there be significant meaning. Mm -hmm. And the reality is there's just a lot of churches like, and Ridgeline is one of them. Like our name came from like actually when we were in North Carolina and Mm -hmm. there was talk that maybe we would go through a renaming at that church. Mm -hmm. We were at the foothills to the Blue Ridge Mountains. And one day I was in the mountains and I was like, oh, Ridgeline would be a great name. And so then when we came and we visited here in Salt Lake about planting here, I was like, thank God there's mountains here too. We can still use Ridgeline. But it doesn't say anything about who we really are. And
1: that's a really uncompelling story to tell someone.
0: It totally is. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I told it. To our church a few weeks ago, the vast majority of people had no idea that's where the name came from. They just assumed, well, we live in a valley where we are literally surrounded by the ridgeline of mountains. Yeah, So that's where it came from.
1: And what's interesting, even as you talk about this, like what dawned on me as you were talking was like, it'd be awesome if you could wait to name anything.
0: Mm -hmm. Until
1: you really understood what it would become. Right. Because so frequently names are totally, I mean, whether it be with people, Mm -hmm. whether it be with businesses, restaurants, Mm -hmm. like, I don't even think Chipotle uses Chipotle (laughs) stuff in anything. That's a fair Um, point. Or Starbucks. Mm What? What? That's yeah. so bizarre. I mean, there's yeah. just so many of these things that are unhelpful that if you get to the point where you're a Chipotle or a Starbucks, then it's it doesn't just matter. synonymous right. with what you did. Right. But outside of that, yeah, I just wish Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah.
0: So so noticing again some incongruence is is was a big thing that I'd been thinking about you know, honestly, over the course of the last year, year and a half. But talk a little bit about some of what you observed and other things we were talking about.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that I've continued to bring up over the course of the last two years is just noticing a very strong uh, change to the pattern of behavior that people have specifically Mm -hmm. as they kind of view what does it mean to participate in their church. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the, to your points about, you know, this was a long time in the making and also made quickly was it really was something that we had observed and discussed Throughout COVID, but until COVID was like "quote unquote" over, which mm-hmm. I know that it's not, but it's overish, mm-hmm. yeah, um, or endemicking. Uh, <laughs> there no, you go. That's no. not it. Uh, but regardless, like I think, looking at that and trying to observe, like this is weird, mm-hmm. and maybe it just like goes all back. To- to mm-hmm. the way it would have. Mm-hmm. And I think that depending on how long it lasted, that was plausible. But right. even, you know, you read all the books about habits and whatever it is, 30 days. Well, yeah. it lasted so much longer than 30 days right. that not only have some of these habits been formed, but they have been like stuck to where they are. Right. And so I think that was uh, just something that we had to look at and, and really embrace and, and understand it. Like we can sit and, you know, you know, Have a philosophical conversation about the whys and the whats and the Mm -hmm. what should be's, and that doesn't change anything. Yeah, and so it was really important for us to like have some honest conversation about what does this mean, especially for us as Mm -hmm. a small church plant, Mm -hmm. and how do we continue on?
0: Yeah, and I think it's 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 worth prefacing all of this with that, how long we've been talking about this so that people don't think like, I mean, a lot of church planters are inherently restless, you know, easily bored. You and I have talked forever about how we have a fear of boredom. The older we get, the more I think that's going away. Mm -hmm. I'm good with being bored once (laughs) in a while. But this wasn't born out of restlessness. It wasn't, I've heard some people talk about like, oh, well, lots of churches have an identity crisis. This wasn't Mm. an identity crisis. This was like a significant, massive, both global and local shift that took pl- has taken place yeah. over the last couple of years that we have been discussing and praying about and wrestling with for a very long mm. time that it was just like in the in like a couple of months ago it was like God just sort of snapped into focus Oh, well, here's what needs to happen. And so we were able to act quickly on that because there had been so much conversation and thought and counsel leading up to it. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Yep, for sure. So let's let's just talk a little bit about, just to kind of bring some clarity, why we're doing this. And there's really two reasons. I'll, I'll kick us off. The first one is, and this kind of goes to the thing that I was noticing, the church that we are is different than the church we set out to start. Yeah, um, for people that know our story, we planted Ridgeline here in Salt Lake out of what was for both of us the most traumatic season of ministry that mm-hmm. we had we had been in. And so what that means is we came into this work significantly beat up. Mm-hmm. you know, And I would I would say that I was so,, um, I don't even know what to call it, because I, I don't even think I was aware of it, but I was so worn out. And just kind of fried on all fronts that I didn't really have the capacity to sit and pray about like, God, who do you want us to be mm-hmm. all like, all I really knew was who we were not going to be, which yeah. is basically what we'd been doing for the past two years. Yep. So if you were with us in that past season, this mm-hmm. new vision of not being that was pretty compelling. Yeah. If you're here and you didn't experience that, you're just like, all right, well, I'm sorry you went through that, but I don't necessarily like, it doesn't really mean anything. Sure. And so, <clears throat> when and in addition to all of this, I have been through uh, a a really transformative healing journey in my own life over mm-hmm. the last three years, that has radically altered the way that I view what it means to be a pastor, mm-hmm. what I think is important about church. My mm-hmm. philosophy of ministry has changed yeah. dramatically, and and the church, you know, because I'm our primary like leader, yeah, like has just kind of slowly changed with me through this process. And so we've come to a place where we really value things like spiritual formation and contemplative practice and emotional health. Mm -hmm. Three things that if you were to back up five years ago, when we moved here, I didn't even have language for those things. No. For the most part. I thought I was emotionally healthy because I didn't cry very often. Yeah. Turns out the the opposite was actually true. Mm Mm-hmm. And so what, what that means is like the church that has come out of COVID is mm. just significantly different than the one that went in. Totally. And so a couple of months ago, I started to think about this pattern that is present in scripture, that is when who God is inviting someone to become is incongruent with who they've been, he gives them a new name. Yep. And so the more that I looked at who we are and the more I thought about that precedent in scripture, the more I really started to think about the reality is our identity has shifted. Significantly, Mm -hmm. and it is important for us to embrace the church that we are, and to really align around this new identity, which is why we're moving forward as Formation Church. Yeah, absolutely. God's primary work in every, like, purpose in everything that happens is our formation. Yep. the The purpose of the church is to be this pivotal. Uh, part of our spiritual formation. Mm-hmm. And so it would make sense if that's really what God has been doing all throughout human history is forming Christ in people, that that would be our identity. So that's yeah. kind of what it, what, what, what into choosing the name formation church and that it has, unlike Ridgeline, significant meaning and context for who we actually are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think another, um, Uh, reason why we're doing this. And I think what's interesting is they're both really important and Mm -hmm. not all the way related, not totally disjointed, but Mm -hmm. a little bit of both. Uh, But I think the reality, just to say it, we've all walked through a global trauma that has changed us. Mm -hmm. And even uh, most recently I had therapy last week Mm -hmm. and just talking to my therapist about the reality that people continue to operate as though it's business as usual Mm -hmm. and um, people are making decisions and life changes and so many things about uh, that like will radically alter the experience of the rest of their lives. And no one's doing so with a real like clear mind Mm -hmm. or clear focused heart. Um, And I think that I just wish more people would stop and reflect on like, maybe it's not the time, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's not the time. And I think, you know, even in saying that I get the irony that we're making a really significant decision for our church in the midst of that, but it's been informed, like you said, by lots of conversation, Mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean that it's perfect. It means it's the, like... Uh, We're doing the best we can given the information we have. Mm -hmm. And uh, I believe that it's what God's calling us to, but I just wish more people would recognize that um, we are changed. We're different. Mm -hmm. We're behaving different. We're interacting with each other differently. We're... Absolutely, based on the number of pastors I get to talk to, I can say large and just even reading f- articles by Stetzer and everybody mm-hmm. else, the church has been changed. Sure, and what it will be and what God has planned for it is still mm-hmm. like is still to be seen. Mm-hmm. And I think that our desire in this is to ensure that uh, Ridge Line now becoming formation is along for that ride. Mm-hmm. I think one of the most
0: dangerous things just just talking about like the effect of all of this on individual people mm-hmm. to your point is the lack of awareness around the fact that we have been changed yeah Carl Jung uh, has this sentence my spiritual director repeats to me all the time that I love he said um, until the unconscious becomes conscious it will direct your life and you will call it fate mm. and the reality is there is all of this like, this change that has taken place in us that a lot of people are still unaware of yeah And they're making, to your point, these huge life decisions at times, or even subtle life decisions. And they, you know, and everything is for Christians is always baptized in like God's will for their life and God's leading this and God's leading that. And I'm not saying that that's never true. Sure. I'm saying that just oftentimes there is all kinds of stuff happening in us emotionally and mentally that we are unaware of totally and refuse to face and acknowledge. And that is what is below the surface actually directing the decisions that we're making.
1: Totally. I mean, Something that I quote that you said years and years ago, and I quote pretty much on the regular as I have a will of God conversation mm-hmm. or, you know, the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit said or this and that, mm-hmm. uh, that you said in a sermon years ago was, uh, you know, it's really interesting about the voice of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. is that oftentimes he sounds an awful lot like me. Mm-hmm. And I think people just have to recognize, like, is it really God like commanding you go here and do this? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to do that mm-hmm. and feel most comfortable saying, I really feel like it's God's calling on my right. life. And I think you just have to be willing to be honest about what that is. Cause the truth is just saying, I'd really like to do this is acceptable too. Mm-hmm. Not everything has right. to be like, you know, like, like don't God's, blame God. <laughs> exactly. Right.
0: How yeah. many, I mean, I got dumped by a girl in high school cause God told her to, mm-hmm. I got to tell you, that didn't feel good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when you think about the, like the behavioral changes that have taken place? Mm-hmm. Like, like talk a little bit about what you see as some of the primary, like a specific to like what we coming back to the conversation yeah. of local church, where we've seen the most significant shift taking place is in the way people think about and yeah. practice participation. Yeah. So talk a little bit about like, we've had, I mean, hours of conversation oh, wrestling with, these challenges yeah. that that are um, directly connected to people participating and what has been like there was a day in an age when the average Christian in America was it was at church three times a week Sunday morning mm-hmm. Sunday night and midweek
1: I was yeah and I did a fourth because we had to like my dad was like in uh, construction he was in mm-hmm. plumbing and mm-hmm. we had to like build our church too so right. that was uh, Saturday was church work day I just yeah. thought that was the rules
0: and I think there there are like there is always is there was downside to that yeah you know like some people are so busy being at church that they can't be missionaries in their own life. That's a problem for sure. But now we've gone, I I would say have swung so far the other way that it's like, well, there's no way. I mean, I challenged our church with this last Sunday, like if you think that attending church once every six weeks is yeah. is providing some sort of like deeply formative experience in your life, yeah. you're just kidding yourself. Like For sure. it just is not going to do that. So when you think about some of the behavioral changes that we've seen or that you're hearing from other pastors that they're seeing, yeah. what's like one or two that really come to mind?
1: Yeah. I mean, you kind of mentioned it already, but just the attendance in church is like wildly changed. I think for years and like years, like frequency. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and for years and years, I think the average Christian person was just like raised to believe Sunday, especially like Sunday morning was for church. Mm-hmm. And so there wasn't this idea of, unless you were out of town or something like that, there wasn't this idea of making plans. Mm-hmm. And then what happened was COVID came. Mm-hmm. And every church was online. Mm -hmm. And so then you started, uh, I think even uh, lots of families I know, like, I mean, they were like tracking with you when you were live Mm -hmm. and they'd watch it. And that happened for like a month or two. And then every church started seeing their YouTube numbers change Mm -hmm. and their live stream numbers change. Because people realized, wait a second, I can press play on Monday night or Tuesday afternoon or the following Saturday before that Sunday. And it's still the same. It still happened. Or or not not at at all. all. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Uh, And so I think that... Um, that really broke a very important habit that I think those questions we have for God one day, Mm -hmm. um, like I trust that God is sovereign and he is got something like really good that will Mm -hmm. come out of this. um, And, that's a real question I have is Mm -hmm. just um, that habit to have broken is going to take a lifetime Mm -hmm. for, and even the number of people who, you know, they talk about COVID babies and all of that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And so these new kids are being raised in a generation where that's not a, you know, there's just a lot of problems. So uh, that one in particular, I also think um, so, and it kind of goes with attendance, but it has to do more with service and everything. People are just wildly protective of their time Mm -hmm. in a way that, Um, I find really, really fascinating. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think people's willingness to agree to anything very far in advance, to be on board to do anything, anything that like is inconvenient or uncomfortable or, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if it's, we just spent so long feeling so uncomfortable that, you know, I'm going to protect my comfort at all costs. But I think in general, you know, many people would say Americans have always had, you know, some level of a comfort idol. And Mm -hmm. this just um, has seemed to go well beyond that to a place where it's that if this is much of an inconvenience at all, I'm just not interested. Mm -hmm. And I think that those are the two, yeah, probably those are the mm-hmm. two things that I'm hearing the most mm-hmm. consistently.
0: And I would say like the most generous way that I can think to explain like that second point is that I do I do think that what is legitimate is that people have experienced a diminution a diminishment of their capacity mm-hmm. through because sure. of the emotional trauma because of everything that that the last 2 years have been. And um, I think that capacity is something that is like a muscle that has to be worked. Yeah. And so that's really what we've been look Like that's part of what's gone into this is like, how do we reset this thing so that we can begin to rebuild that capacity muscle so that people can serve more than once every two months totally. or be at church more than once every four weeks yeah. because it's just too much. Like yeah. the reality is like for people, for some people listening that might hear like, well, church used to just be something we did every single week. And they might think like, well, that sounds like legalism. It's not legalism. It's like... Habits are how we're formed, right. like ritual is how we are formed. It's not a matter of like, and I
1: brush my teeth every is day that legalistic, right? Le- just, legalism has to do wisdom. with why we do it. Right. So
0: if you're doing it so right. that God loves you, sure. then, I mean, if you go to church twice a year, cause you think it'll make God love you, that's legalism. Yeah. But if you go to church every single week, because you want to be formed in the image of Christ and be in the presence of God with the people of God, that's not legalism. It's worship. It's the frickin' point sure. of the whole thing. Yeah. So I think that, that there's just been this huge shift. So our goal with relaunching is to try to reset, reset Mm -hmm. our identity and then reset some of these behavioral patterns. So let's talk a little bit about how we're going to do this. And a lot of this started with, again, a couple of years of conversation, observing, paying attention to everything that's been happening. But what really kicked it off is you and I, for 11 years. It's been 11 years. Couldn't go
1: one year, but otherwise we've gone every year.
0: We've had a pattern of, we take an annual three day Mm -hmm. retreat, um, where we eat and hang out and relax, but we usually have some, obstacle yeah. that we we're wrestling with yeah. conversationally, like basically from start to finish for yeah. three
1: days straight the time. We wake up and exactly the time. We fall asleep. Yep.
0: And so we took our retreat this year and we kind of took all of this information that we've observed the last couple of years yep. and went on this retreat deciding like, it's time to solve this problem. Yeah. So we spent three days really locked in talking about this from every angle and decided like, you know what? There's not really three options. There's one option for us. We need to replant with this new identity.
1: Yeah, and in general, I think based on what we've taken away from those times and kind of that concentrated time together, I feel like especially as a church staff or team or leadership team or elder team, if you're really stuck on something, that could really I mean even 24 hours together can really sort of Huge unblock difference. some of that. Um and it doesn't mean that the entire thing must be like no. fasting and praying and like that's it. Mm-hmm. Um I think that it's about that ability to have that continual conversation to be in a place where you are, your life is disrupted a bit. And Mm -hmm. so you, you know, are aware of that. You're aware of like, man, this needs to like add value and Mm -hmm. there's a cost associated. But I just think that, um, if it's something you've never done, I highly recommend it.
0: Some of the, the best And I would say most significant and important decisions that we've made Mm -hmm. in the last 11 years have been made on that retreat. Absolutely. So same thing was true. So we came back, we came back deciding like, all right, we need to relaunch as Formation Church. Yep. So what that led to then was two weeks after that, I met with, I think, a total of about 28 people Mm -hmm. in our church to have a private conversation because I knew I'm going to announce this to the church as a whole. I want to, especially, you know, those people that are, that are participating at a very high level. Yep. Uh, I wanted to be able to sit with them, answer their questions, and it did two things. One, it brings them along in the decision, but then two, it helped me to be able to hear what people's questions are going to be, mm-hmm. to be able to then thread those together and know, okay, as I announce this to the church, that helps me know here are going to be the common questions in people's minds, so totally. that I can like head those off at the pass, yep. if you will. And I will say, like, what was amazing about my experience is I met with twenty-eight people and we experienced zero resistance in all of those conversations
1: it's sure. amazing
0: by and lo- i mean there were questions like people want to know like okay well why, why how is this going to work yeah. that kind of thing but no one thought it was a bad idea every to a person everyone was like this is exciting yeah this is great like there was a resonance with yes yeah, something does need to shift yep. in all of this yeah that's good so then i wrote a message walking people through what we call the next chapter mm-hmm and we announced this to Ridgeline just a couple of weeks ago. And uh what we included in that was that we're making the probably the boldest step. I would say if this was just a matter of, hey, we have become a church that's different than the one that we set out to start, yep. then I would say we could just quote unquote rebrand. Yeah. Rename it. That'd be enough. Like so that we're aligned, get some new language. Mm-hmm. But because we're trying to reset this whole thing, yep. we really felt like we need to take a bold step in that yeah. direction. And so the bold step in this is that we are shifting away from Sunday morning worship services in July, August, and September in favor of moving back to core group gathering and essentially retraining this body of people that yeah. have been with us now for a very amount of time, just like we did when we started. So we're yeah. basically starting the thing over. And uh, a local church here in the Valley uh, has offered to allow us to be there. So we're going to meet on Sunday afternoons, and we're at time of prayer, time to hang out and connect, time to be able to talk about... All of these various, you know, values and um, why we're changing the name, yep. what this is going to look like, who we are, basically, for this concentrated time over the course of
1: three months. Yeah, and I think that what's key is, you know, when you think about our kind of two faceted why are we doing this? If all we had was that we are a different church than we set out to plant, mm-hmm. um, I think we could have done more of like the rebrand mm-hmm. idea um, with like a good sermon series to, to, mm-hmm. but because of that change that's happened in people, mm-hmm. there is a sense of like resetting and reestablishing, like, what does it mean to be a part of this? What does it mean to like help move the mission forward? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to, you know, invite your friends and, and attend on Sunday morning and serve and all of that. We just need to go through, all of those things in a training mindset mm-hmm. so that then we can have other people who are on board with the mission of what God's going to do through formation and that can be helpful in uh, kind of uh, getting that the word mm-hmm. out.
0: Yeah, and I've, I've really like, and I still do, it, it, I've struggled with the language around like, so what is the purpose of these three months? Like as mm-hmm. we gather together on Sunday afternoons, because the word, I don't know that anyone gets super excited about the word training. No. And so, it's not that it's there's not a training aspect, but the way that I think about it is that we really, like, admittedly, um, it is taxing to set up and tear down a church every single week. Yep. We need, what, about 35 people, That's, roughly um, yeah. speaking? Yep. And it's been hard to do that. So, I'm, I've really been thinking about this as, like, how do we take an opportunity as a community to really have a Sabbath season together mm-hmm. for three months, which yeah. is what it's going to be. And, and rather than think about it in terms of like, all right, I, as the lead pastor, I'm going to train you as the people how to be this church. Mm-hmm. Really, it's about us sitting with these things for mm-hmm. an extended season of time so that they're really in, like, I, I don't know, like, I guess like marinating, <laughs> that yeah. we just get to sit in and with these things so that they really become embodied by us. Sure. And you can't do that. Like, a, I mean, I'm a preacher, so I believe in the power of preaching mm-hmm. and a sermon series just doesn't do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's some element of just recalibration. Yeah. I think that, you know, like, you know, you think about a scale that you have to tear or something yeah. like that. And, uh, the impact of COVID has certainly untared the scales. Yeah. And so we just need to get on the same page. Again. Totally.
0: And so the big thing that we've been working hard to do and that we're going to continue to do um, is over communication. Yeah. So, I mean, you can talk a little bit about some of the things that we're doing. So I've explained it in a sermon series. We've got our splash site up at formationslc.com where I have an article about like our story why we made this decision. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of what we're talking about today, but it also talks about our vision and our mission and all that kind of stuff. But how else are we thinking about trying to communicate over communicate?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think we're communicating in every way humanly possible because the average person, I think, you know, it's real easy to send out something via like MailChimp and then look at the opens and assume nobody reads the email. Well, the truth is a couple people did. Mm -hmm. And I think if it comes with a lot of time and energy, I know churches that spend hours and hours and hours on these like fancified Really well formatted newsletters that mm-hmm. nobody opens. At that point, it's time to like kill that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, especially when making a really, really significant shift like this, it's very important that you meet people where they're at and make sure that you're communicating in a way that's meaningful to them. Meaning that if you send out a video mm-hmm. and not everyone watches it, then you got to keep going because mm-hmm. instead of being discouraged about why didn't everyone click my link, mm-hmm. it's feedback for you. And that not everyone wants to watch a video, or not everyone's in the place at work where they can watch a video. Video when you sent it out and so therefore there's got to be and so it's on our app it's on the splash page we're you know making sure people know the dates i made a link where they can download it and add it to their calendar i mean we are really trying to think of how do we be as accommodating as possible to ensure that no one feels like they got left at the dock Mm -hmm. you know the boat is leaving Mm -hmm. Uh, ridgeline is becoming formation Mm -hmm. all of that is true and we are going to do everything in our power to make sure that you are uh, ready and prepared to like get on the boat. And Mm -hmm. we're going to like sound the horn and last call, but we are leaving. And what I would hate to have is have anyone say, I just didn't know. Mm -hmm. And here's the deal. If you've been in ministry for more than 32 seconds, you know that no matter what you try, there still might be some people who Mm -hmm. say something like that, but you need to know like, but I can stand before the Lord knowing I did everything I can in order to create an environment where people really understood, and whether it be the meetings you have or one-on-one conversations that we're both having throughout the season, uh, the from our standpoint, the lack of patience or lack of willingness to have the conversation one more time can't exist. Right. We need to make sure, it, because the truth is we're not discouraged about our church. We love our church. As right. a matter of fact, Uh-oh. <sighs> Uh, oh, I right. would hold the people of Ridgeline against any other church that I've experienced. Yeah. I love the people that make up our church. And I would really be heartbroken if anyone mm-hmm. decided to not come along. I'm, I'm mentally prepared that there may be some mm-hmm. who make that decision, but I, I don't want it to be due to lack of understanding or lack of like, even just like, where do we meet and when mm-hmm. just lack of logistics. I think it's really important that we throw everything at the wall to see what can stick. And, yep. and surely you can overwhelm people. They Start unsubscribing and mm-hmm. all of that, and so that's not great, right? Uh, but until that point, keep going.
0: Yeah, I think the question, just as a leader, that I would be thinking about is, what are all of the ways that the people that I care for consume communication? Yep, and then communicate through all of those forms. Yep. So when we're done with this, you and I are going to do a TikTok video.
1: Awesome. About no, I'm real good at that.
0: That's, I've just decided Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. All the new socials that come out. I'm. I'm. This is like where I. This is the day that I line in the sand. I become an old man from
1: here moving forward. Cool. I've been there for like 30 years. Yeah, you have.
0: (laughs) You're still on Juno with all your email. (laughs) So all of this is building toward um, our hope of relaunching as Formation Church on September 25th, which is what's cool about that is that's actually Ridgeline's fourth birthday. Mm -hmm. We chose that date specifically to be able to honor um, our story up to this point. Because again, it's not that our church or community has died. It's just that we are moving into this next chapter together and it's with a new identity. And so we really wanted to honor that. Mm -hmm. So I guess bringing all of this to a close, I would say uh, maybe what you should do if, if any of this is resonating with you is maybe just sit back and see if it kills our church.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Let us, let us go first. All of a sudden there's no more (laughs) episodes. Yeah.
0: No, I don't think that's going to happen, but, but to really, I would really take these things into consideration. Like, Uh, One of my favorite things I've heard Eugene Peterson say years ago in a Catalyst uh, interview was, uh, he said, it's the job of the pastor to pay attention to what's happening here. So my guess is any pastor with their salt has been paying attention for the last couple of years and seeing shift taking place. And so if you haven't done that work, just kind of step back and look at the whole and go like, what what is happening here? Yeah. What has changed? Where are we? Yep. Maybe you're in a great place. And if so, praise the Lord. Maybe you're in a place like us where you're like, no, it just seems like a lot has changed. Yep. And so we need to acknowledge that in that's not a bad thing. It is an invitation from God. Yeah. The question is, will we respond and say yes to what that invitation is? Yeah. And, and so I, think, I would encourage you to do that.
1: And I think the reality is the likelihood that this is the lever that everyone needs to pull is slim. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's some listening who probably need to pull it, but I think regardless of what lever you go for, um, like it's time to start figuring out what you're going to do. Yep. Because I think this idea, and I think uh, like I'll say for myself and some of the pastors I know, it's been a bit of a staring contest with like covid slash their people. Mm -hmm. Like, all right, at some point, it's just going to go back to what it was. At some point, it's just going to go back to what it was. And the truth is, we were on a really rapid growth. Mm -hmm. We were up and to the right. Mm -hmm. Everything was thriving in our church and all of those kind of things. And that was like, you know, December and January of 2020. Mm -hmm. And... And, uh, it's really disappointing and you can grieve that for a long time, but at some point you do just have to say, all right, like, yeah, it's, it's time. I got to figure this out and, uh, go from there. And so I I have, uh,
0: I have this, my friend Brenda, she's a part of my spiritual direction program. She's in my cohort and, uh, she was telling me that, you know, obviously she lives in Colorado and so their church was shut down you know, through COVID, they were online only, just like every other church. And uh, she said that they finally got to the point where they were back open. And she, like a lot of people, was nervous about going back. Mm -hmm. But she took the step of courage that it took. And she went back and she sat down and she said that her pastor picked up on the exact same verse that he had been preaching on before COVID started and didn't even address COVID didn't mention covid didn't didn't mention anything that had happened in the world mm. and just went on with business as usual mm. and it like broke her heart and she has not been back yeah and the reason for that is like we look like fools mm-hmm. if we don't acknowledge this cataclysmic change that yep. has taken place over the last two years. Absolutely. So what your your response and the invitation that God's extending to you might be different than the one that he's extending to us, but make no mistake, there is something that has happened that mm-hmm. needs to be addressed and responded to. Yep. And so discern that for yourself and we'll all move forward into a better day. Like willing. Okay. Thanks so much for giving us your time. We were long with this one because obviously we got a lot. To explain in all of this, mm-hmm. but we appreciate you listening. We would love to connect with you on social media. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at RyanHugley. That's H-U-G-U-L-E-Y.
1: You can find me on the same platforms at TylerDravitz. That's D-R-E-W-I-T-Z. And as a side note, we also have a From the Field podcast uh, that we're going to work hard at posting to on Instagram and, on Instagram yep. and, and Facebook. Facebook yes, and slash from the No, no from not no TikTok. TikTok. Just search these things. You're not going to remember this just search them that's good <laughs> thanks Come so much on.
0: well we appreciate you listening we'll see you next time